Well, hello and uh, welcome to another exciting episode of Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism Podcast. I'm Andy Bannister from the Solas Centre for Public Christianity up in Scotland. And actually, I'm broadcasting solo in a sense today because my partner in crime, Christy Mayer, who normally graces uh, the airwaves with her presence and brings sanity to our conversations, uh, Christy has got a, an issue to sort out at the college she works for. She is also the, she's the safeguarding officer, which means she gets to do with all kinds of exciting things occasionally. And such an exciting thing has apparently happened today. So you, uh, you only have me. Well, you have me and the guest because we have a great guest for you today. On Pep Talk, we have uh, joining us uh, is uh, Richard Gibb. Richard, welcome to Pep Talk. Thank you, Andy. Great to be here. Uh, now, Richard, you well, your bio is quite interesting. Uh, you have done a number of things. Uh, you are the pastor of Loch Leven Church. Uh, you've also been a pastor at a Charlotte Chapel in Edinburgh, big uh, kind of well-known church down there. But also, your full-time role, you also work in the world of finance. Uh, where you work for uh, for EY, formerly Ernst and Young. Is there anything I've missed? Uh, you've also written a book. You're a P- you've got a PhD. So many things have gone on in your world. So not not a real doctor, Andy, to be honest. But uh, yeah, assistant pastor at Charlotte Chapel a few years ago. Fantastic time there in Edinburgh. And uh, as you say, working for EY currently. And my day job, where I'm operations director, based in yeah. Edinburgh. Excellent. Now, if you are listening to this podcast wondering about how to manage your investments better, I will disappoint you. We're not going to talk to Richard about the world of finance. Um, we are going to talk to Richard about the about the world of of evangelism. I suppose the place to begin, Richard, is you when you were at Charlotte Chapel, right? You were you said you were your pastor responsible for evangelism. I know at Lock Leven Church, you do a lot of evangelism. You're very keen on on reaching out. I guess a great question to begin with is 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 just a bit of bio, really. How did you get into that particular? kind of focus because i mean every church leader wants to concentrate on evangelism but you've really focused on it and it's really been part of your dna um how did that come about what was the journey that god led you to uh how did god lead you there yep i I think within charlotte chapel to to start with uh, that was part of my remit as assistant pastor Uh, so i was given that responsibility although i very much enjoyed that role Uh, my heart is to see people coming to faith in jesus uh, as obviously your heart is andy i know and in that position, they were able to have courses like Christianity Explored, and we had people trained up on how to share their faith. So we had uh, lessons with like, the Herald's Trust. We had E. Leach was a member of uh, Charlotte Chapel, and she came and trained folks in Charlotte Chapel how to share their faith one-to-one, and that was fantastic. Uh, and also uh, here at Loch Leven Church here in Kinross, we tried to be creative. Andy, over these past few months, uh, you know, during lockdown, we've obviously met on Zoom, where we've not been able to meet in person. But during lockdown, we also tried to be creative evangelistically. So we had things like driving services. Uh, we would rock up into in a field in our cars. Uh, you came and spoke. Very, very appreciative. Thank you for that, uh, for our second anniversary last September. And that was brilliant. And we've had similar events uh, at at Muir SU Centre. We have used a car park and our cars come and park and we preach the gospel. Uh, we've had events. Uh, currently, we meet in the boathouse. That's uh, in Kinross, a former restaurant, and it's got a fantastic location right on the shore of Loch Leven. We've had barbecues there. Again, we have a simple gospel message, um, and that's been great. Uh, and we have things at Christmas time. We try and do things. Last year, we tried to organize an event where we would go, go around the streets uh, using flatbed trailers and tractors so we could get the farming community involved. And we're planning to have a couple of trailers driving about the street, like the Santa trailer, but singing carols and, and proclaiming the gospel. Uh, we were told we couldn't do that at the very last minute, but I think for this Christmas, that's definitely definitely on the cards. So carols on a carols on a track. I, I, I kind of love that. Absolutely, get farms to drive the tractors. What, what could be better? Yeah. 
Yeah. Now let's uh, let's talk for a minute about uh, about the kind of creativity, especially around around the lockdown stuff, because obviously you know we've had we've had lockdown. Um, we're, we're, come, we're, we're long way out of that, but still, you know, there are still restrictions and and so forth, and so a uh, way to go. Are there lessons that you folks learnt at the at the church, Richard, during lockdown about you know perhaps creative ways to do evangelism that you might see yourself carrying on post lockdown? Were there things that you figured out because of the circumstances that actually you've now gone? You know what? That's a really interesting way of reaching out. I mean, I, I think the the, the drive-ins that seem to work quite well. Um, I think because people can come along, they can park the car, sit there anonymously, and be kind of safe in the in their in their car. Uh, that that worked well, so we'll probably still do still keep doing that. Like for example, at the boat house in Kinross, there's a nice big car park just being built, or it's just being built. And so even though we've got the boat house venue, we might still have like a driving service using the car park, say Christmas time or early early in the year. So drive-ins work really well. Um, one of the things we did as well during COVID is we would every Easter and Christmas time we would Easter for example we give it 500 Easter eggs. At, within the community, so put on Facebook, who wants an Easter egg? Uh, we get their address, deliver it you know, on Easter morning with a, a, a wee booklet uh, with the Easter story for And that was great. And we got really good sort of feedback from the community, you know, a good way of building bridges in the community. And just because we're a new church, we're just like three years old now, just to, again, just to communicate we're a church who exists in, in Kinross. And at Christmas time, same kind of thing. Uh, Advent calendars we gave out. That I got you know, hundreds of people in, in the community, and it'll probably be Christmas. Uh, booklet for kids as well so that, yeah. yeah that seemed to go quite, quite well i think uh i love i see the connection there between chocolate and evangelism yeah it's funny so i'm glad to find that you you came across the same thing because we just as, as a family found discovered again because there was very little we could do otherwise but during that first lockdown we landed upon you know just in our neighborhood doing the, the easter egg piece because i forget for the exact name but i think there's a company called something like the meaningful chocolate company or something like oh, that who do we're not sponsored by them by the way but they yeah. do easter eggs and advent calendars and it's great because you get the wee book booklet with the easter story and the christmas story the artwork's really nice and it's a yeah. great it's a great conversation uh, starter but the stuff that you're doing at the um the boathouse and through the church there richard so you know i know a question that some pastors we've not not everyone who listens to this are pastors we have people of all kind of backgrounds listen to pep talk but i know one question i think pastors and church leaders sometimes struggle with look you put an event on so you do your, your drive-in thing or, or something something neat. how do you then get non-christians there what have you found you know at lock leaven church what what works in terms of getting guests to things and maybe what doesn't doesn't work um you know have you what, what, what have you found works for works for you folks in terms of getting new people you know yeah. along to events and such like yeah, sure, but um, initially when we met as a, as a new church, we were meeting in a, in a high school, and folks didn't really know we existed, to be honest. They didn't know we were actually there, but I think because being forced out of the high school and you know more into the communities that were at the location, I would have advertised quite strongly, like on Facebook, in our uh, Kinross newsletter. Um, we've tried to meet in central locations, like the event we had with yourself, Andy, that was like right in the centre of Kinross in a field opposite the Green Hotel. At the main hotel in Kinross. We tried to meet in visible locations. Um, there are things like that, also word of mouth, uh, telling our friends, neighbours, just that we've got an event on. Um, but yeah, just using lo- local media, uh, local uh, publications, Facebook. Actually, the Facebook thing is, that's, a, that's, a, that's an often, I think, an underrated 
connection tool because there's probably right i think for most most sort of towns and villages even streets now like our our sort of local neighborhood has got its own facebook group and you know there's i think there's a huge opportunity there for christians yeah. right obviously you don't want to don't want to flood it and annoy people but actually you know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, a a place where everyone is talking about what's going on to be unashamed of saying hey we're the local church this is what we're doing yeah, exactly. One of the things we did as well, and just during lockdown, was when we could start meeting with people on a one-to-one, keeping two meters apart, was we would interview people in the community. So we would meet with um, the person who leads Chaz that uh, in Kinross, the Rachel House, a children's hospice, we'd meet with them, do a short interview with them, uh, put it on our public Facebook page. We met, met with the chap who oversees the Loch Leven uh, Reserve. And uh, we met with... Um, someone who leads a local charity, Broke Not Broken, and we put it on our public Facebook page. We've created We Love Loch Lieben. I think it's got something like 800 followers so far. It's just been, it was just launched about a year ago, but because of community content on it as well and publicised it through our mm-hmm. the, um, local community Facebook pages, uh, it's got quite a lot number of people who are now following that page. So we're, we're going to launch Christianity Explored actually on Monday, uh, just next week. So again, we're publicising uh, Christianity Explored through that same Facebook page in the community. That's fantastic. And we're, um, yeah, we're huge fans of Christianity Explored at Solas. In fact, we've had Craig Dyer, who's the who's a Scotland yeah. leader, the leader for, for Christianity Explored in Scotland, on the on the on the podcast. So if folks want to, you know, haven't fully thought about Christianity Explored that Richard's talked about there, just uh, go check that out. You can hear our, our conversation with uh, uh with uh, with Craig. So another question for you, um, Richard, is that uh, you know. Obviously, for those of us in full-time ministry, like myself, like like yourself, although you're doing, well, you're, you're not in full-time ministry, but you're doing a lot of ministry, right? So it's going. How do you how do you make sure you keep your contacts with non-Christians so that you know you're not just all you have a time filled with Christian activities? Is that mainly through work for you because you obviously have that split role, or are you also finding time to get out there in the community and get to know people as well? Because that's important, right? That people you find those chances to actually mix with people locally, not just with your pastor's hat on. How do how's how have you found some ways that work for you? Uh, absolutely, completely agree. So my, my full time day job is is with EY, as you mentioned. Uh, that keeps me quite busy. But alongside that, I, I lead the, the young scouts, the Beavers, uh, here in Kinross, and it's brilliant. It's, it's a complete change from financial stuff, which is a nice uh, nice relief from sitting at your desk on your computer, uh, being the kids from six to eight years old, and it's a great way of building links with kids in the community and also the parents. Um, so that, that's been really, really helpful. Uh, as, as a church, we try and be involved in also local charity events uh, and charity organisations. And again, just building links there through folks in the church, having those active contacts also has, has been really helpful. Yeah. Well, let's, um, we talked about sort of church and community a bit. And obviously, as we just said there, the other the other big chunk of your life is the is the, is the workplace, the business world of, you know, of, of, of EY. How has it been being Christian in the in the workplace have you found that a place where it's kind of easy to talk about faith have you found it a place where you know you, t- you tend to sort of shut that down and, and and don't go there how is it how has it been for you being a christian in the world of business monday through friday yeah i, th- I think it's it, with any why you're encouraged to share what you believe uh and, and w- without being overimposing upon people um so you know, on a Monday, for example, it's very easy to say, you know, I've been involved in church at the weekends and, and speaking about that. And I think for, for people as well, I find it quite interesting about how you can still be involved in sort of leading a church at the same time as working in business. So that's always created opportunities to discuss about about my faith. But, you know, it's, there's not been no 
bars as such to communicate mm. my work as long as you know you're getting your job done all at the same time yeah it's interesting you mentioned the sunday thing i remember somebody once when i i heard somebody once say that actually i wonder whether sometimes as christians we we miss that the, the what did you do on the weekend opportunity because you know the temptation is that you're asked on a monday morning how's your weekend the temptation is to go oh yeah i had great fun to play you know played foot played footy on saturday went saw the new bond movie went to church <laughs> on sunday um and then move rapidly on rather than maybe if we talked more confidently about church you went yeah had a great a great time you know at church and scrub do your what do your colleagues make of you being a pastor because obviously you wear these these two hats what do they what do your what do your colleagues at work make of that one they're fine to be honest um it's not something I mean, that most of them would know about my role in the church, but helped to lead a church here in Kinross. Uh, but it, they wouldn't see it as strange. Um, I think the respect, particularly you know, if, if something happens, that they're going through a difficult time, whatever it is, they, they tend to confide in myself maybe more than they would usually uh, because they know I'm involved in a church, in church leadership, and they feel they can speak. Yeah, so it's, again, it's, it's, not, it's not been a negative. Yeah. The other thing, as well, as well, I guess, in the workplace, one last sort of thought here, Rich. I was talking to a friend who works for a, a large company in London who just made the, the the comment, the aside. He went, he said, interestingly, that spirituality is actually increasingly people. Are, you know, there's much more openness. He felt in the workplace to talk about those bigger conversations about about value and and meaning and purpose and and work life balance and you know mindfulness and this whole basket of things. And as Christians, sometimes we get a bit nervous about that because it can go a bit new agey. But also, there's an opportunity there to say, you know, we yeah, we believe that spirituality matters. We believe there is more to life than just the end of year bonus or whatever. So I just wonder whether whether you've sort of picked up that sense that there are some of these interesting sort of wheels turning in culture right now. Yeah, I agree with that absolutely. And there's opportunities in the workplace. You know, for I think we've been restricted during COVID things that we can do, but now we're beginning to go back to our offices. Uh, Within EY, we used to have events where we would have a like, prayer time together for Christian colleagues, and also events where we have, have like a presentation about a Christian topic to folks in our office, and things like that. It'd be great to start back again. Um, you know, we're, we're going back to offices just now within EY. Uh, you know, in the past few weeks, and to get those things back up and running would be fantastic. But yeah, there's definitely an interest there about spirituality. I mean, so last last kind of question on the workplace, and I've got one last question on on kind of sort of the church thing. So I suppose for, you know, you've been a Christian for, for some years, you've had the benefit of being in ministry as well as in the in the workplace. So for someone who's listening to this as a Christian at work, who's sitting there thinking, I'd love to get something started in my in my, in my my workplace in terms of some something more Christian, but I don't know where to begin. What advice would you give somebody on the, what are the perhaps are the very first steps for somebody who's a, who's a Christian at work in terms of, you know, perhaps seeing, seeing God at work in their workplace? What advice would you give somebody as, as to where to begin? I think within EY, I mean, our experience is just is, was to meet together to pray. Uh, Christians in, in the in the office in Edinburgh, that that was great to have that support together. Um, my role in EY, I've travelled a lot with work. I tend to be in London or overseas a lot. I'm not often in the Edinburgh office, uh, but when I wasn't in the office before, much more frequently, we meet meeting together, say at lunchtime, it could be a Bible study. Uh, just to have that support network with, with your local colleagues is great. And also have maybe events um, where you could have like a guest speaker, use the, the office environment, uh, use, use one of the rooms and just have a, an informal event, invite your local, your local colleagues to that meeting. There could be some food items as well. Food's always good. Um, but have, yeah, identifying folks in the workplace, those who are Christians already, 
paint, paint together, you know, every so often, and maybe some lunchtime events would, would be great. Yeah, that's that's some great practical wisdom there. I think, as, as you say, starting, you know, building building together, building bu- building sort of fellowship because the strength in numbers, and then um, on the on the lunchtime event piece for again for folks listening who want to go deeper into that, that's something we've done quite a lot of at, at, at Solas. I mean, actually during during lockdown it was hilarious because because everything was on Zoom. I think there was one day where I spoke at the Ministry of Defence at one end of the country and then some business at the other end of the country where they, they zoomed me into two different meetings exactly like you described um, to cover some sort of, you know, just to sort of do some very, very gentle pre-evangelism. Um, and then because last question, I guess, on the on the church side, Richard, we sort of you know, talked about church, talked about work, and now just pull the camera back out again. You know, again, perhaps similar questions. So for for churches that are now you know going through this, we're coming out of COVID, things are slowly warming up again. You know, one thing I'm conscious of that it's easy for churches if they're not careful to get all the focus on getting the Sunday morning back to where it was and forget about the evangelism piece again would there be any sort of advice from what you've experimented with and, and tried for for church leaders who are like yeah we need to get the evangelism going again again how how could they start what might be some advice you'd give now that you know things are a bit less restricted um we're obviously learning ourselves all the time as a new church but i, I think things that we've learned during lockdown you know things that have worked from a evangelistic perspective whether it's drive-ins whether it's reaching mm-hmm. out to you know, with like their chocolate things at Easter time or Christmas time and fully booked it. And it's just, it's so going back to basics, isn't it? basics, you know, what is it? Why, why do we exist as a church? Who are we seeking to glorify and point people to? And it's just continually reminding ourselves, I think, about why we exist as a church. One of the good things about us as a new church, we're not, we don't have, we don't, we don't own a building as such. You know, we've met at the high school, we're now meeting at, at the boathouse. And it's a great reminder that the church is, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously the people, the, the body of Christ. It's not not a, not a building, um, I, I, and I think alongside that is we want to see more people come to faith in Jesus and join the church family. Um, and so I think, yeah, for for us in Kenos, it's continually trying to remind ourselves why do we exist, who are we living for, who we're we looking to serve, point people to, um, as we get back to meeting together in person, well, which is great together as a church family. Yeah. Again, great. Great advice in there. And I think one of the things I've I found hugely encouraging is is having, you know, so less of a connection with you folks. I've spoken, my colleague Gavin has is is, is watching you folks as a small, fairly young church. I, lo- I love the innovation of going out there and going, let's just see what works, you know. Heck, let's put a, let's do carols on a trailer. Let's do drive in church. And I think sometimes as Christians we don't we don't dare to try something very different. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it turns out that actually it does Hey, you've invented a whole new way of, of outreach, and I have to say, Carol's on a trailer. I'm going to remember that one. First chance I get, as you know, if I'm in a church where we've got that ability, uh, so what a great idea! Um, Richard, it's been a pleasure kind of talking to you. I, I love your, uh, I love the energy and enthusiasm, and just the sort of joy that you bring to this. I can see why you're you're, you're good at evangelism because just that sort of joy, I sort of sort of lasts out of you. People can't see it. We haven't done the video recording, but you've been smiling throughout the entire <laughs> kind of podcast. So Richard, thanks for taking the time to be with us on, on Pep Talk. Oh, thanks, that's been great. You'll appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening as ever to the show. And I'll be back, hopefully, joined by my partner in crime, Christy Mayer, uh, in two weeks' time for another episode of Pep Talk where we'll talk to a different guest about something uh, that we can learn together about evangelism in today's world. So thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.